is episode 50 of the Pregnancy Perfect podcast. I'm your host, Kayla Geddes. I hope you're having a great week so far. We are currently packing food and clothes and stuff, getting ready for um, a trip to Disneyland at the end of this week. So we're getting really excited. Things are also getting a little crazy. Remember, if you like what you're hearing on Pregnancy Perfect, go leave me a quick review on iTunes or Stitcher. It's really simple and it will really help out the podcast if you do that, be seen by more people. And I really appreciate every new new review that we get. And don't forget to leave your Instagram handle so that I can look you up and thank you. A few days ago, Jenny left a sweet comment on iTunes. She said, I love this podcast. It's like having a bunch of friends give you the best advice. I've learned so much for my pregnancy and each episode is so inspirational and supportive. Thanks, Kayla, for giving us this gift. I only wish it came out every day. Thanks, Jenny. My goal is to reach as many women as I can with this great resource. You may have heard me say this already, but before I was the host of Pregnancy Perfect, I was a religious listener. It was my pretty much my main resource for advice, entertainment, and inspiration while I was pregnant. And I want to bring that to as many people as I can. But the thing is, not everyone even really knows about podcasts or listens to podcasts. So if you're enjoying these interviews, just mention it to your pregnant friends or your mom friends, and hopefully we can bring it to more people. Today's episode features Lindsay Shipley, who is a registered nurse, international board certified lactation consultant, and the owner and founder of Lactation Link, where she provides prenatal and breastfeeding consulting before and after baby arrives. Lactation Link is also an online support forum and has online on-demand video classes, which is cool because you don't have to necessarily live here um, in Utah, which is where she's from, to participate in the in the classes she has. Lindsay is the mother of two, and like I just said, she lives in Utah. And in this episode, Lindsay compares her two pregnancies. One pregnancy ended with an induction because she had preeclampsia, and the second ended up being an emergency C-section. And I won't tell you why. I'll let you listen to the end to find out. We also talk a lot about breastfeeding, which probably doesn't surprise you since that is Lindsay's thing. And she had a lot of good advice for moms and moms-to-be. So get out a pen and paper to take notes because you'll want to remember this stuff. Lindsay is giving away one of her on-demand video classes. So go to my Instagram post about the episode to find the details. You'll find me at Pregnancy Perfect. Lindsay, welcome to the podcast. How are you tonight? I am great. Thanks for having me, Kayla. Yeah, thanks for being here. I've already told the audience a little bit about you, but will you just take a minute and give us a little more information on your on your your background, your age, where you live, and your family? Sure. So I'm Lindsay Shipley. I'm a registered nurse and an international board certified lactation consultant. I'm the owner of Lactation Link. Um, and my b- biggest accomplishment is I have two little ones, a three-year-old and a two-year-old that keep me very busy. Um, and then me and my husband live in Highland, Utah. And so that's a little bit about me. I um, was actually a student athlete in college, played basketball. So it's kind of a little fun fact at Utah State. Um, and then also did my bachelor's of nursing at the University of Utah. So, and then um, 
something fun to say about me is I love to do like a turbo kick class, like a kickboxing class. One of my favorite things. I love to lift weights and hike with my family and stay active. Um, and I love s'mores too. I mean, who wouldn't, right? Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Except my husband just said the other day he doesn't really like them because they're too messy. And I'm like, um, it's a small price to pay for something so delicious. <laughs> and I'm just saying that because we had those tonight. So that's <laughs> awesome. Um, and how old are you? Did you say? Oh, I'm 29. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, Let's start with a couple of quick, fun questions to warm us up here. Who is your celebrity crush? Oh my gosh, celebrity crush. I'd have to say, so I'm going to have to just throw out two because it used to be Matt Damon, hardcore, and like my husband, like give me the like a big hard time about it. Um, but I think I'd have to say that Ryan Reynolds is creeping up on me a little really? bit. So okay. yes, yeah. he's just kind of giving a run for the money there. Yeah. You know? Yep. I can see that. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then what was the last time you were really nervous? You know, something? I, I get nervous before every class, you know, and Do I you? get nervous before consultations because I'm just kind of doing a gut check and saying, am I going to be able to help this mom? Mm-hmm. You know, and I kind of just, and I, even though I know I've done it a million times and I know everything's going to be great. I just, I really want to do my best for them and I want, I want them to be able to reach their goals, whatever that is. So I feel like I get that little butterfly, um, before each time. And then afterwards, I just am so happy to have met people that come to my class and, you know, have me for consultations. I just love meeting, um, moms and just kind of doing that mom thing back and forth. And then we get into the consultation part It's just one of the funnest parts. Um, but I do have a little bit of, of nervousness there, I'd say. Huh, that Hopefully that's a good thing. Yeah. Keeping yeah. myself in check, you yeah, know, <laughs> definitely. Uh-huh. Um, and then finally, what is your fi- favorite ride at Universal Studios? Um, I would have to say back to the future is probably my favorite ride and also still one of my favorite movies ever. Is <laughs> it future. is a good one. That's a classic. Yeah. Do you like the yeah. first, second or third best? All three. That's one yeah. trilogy that I'm like, they didn't like go down. Like it's just <laughs> that good. Like Michael J. Fox. Like what can you do? Yeah. And the puffy vest. Yep. It's true. <laughs> I've never seen the third one. So that's cool that you say it's just as good as the first two. I'll have to watch Yeah. That. I love all of them. Yeah. yeah. All right. So which pregnancy are we going to be talking about today? Um, I think because both of mine were so different. Let's, I'm just going to throw some stuff out there about both. Um, if that's okay with you. Yeah, sure. Tell us, um, their names. Sure. So my oldest is a boy. He's three and a half. His name's Brody. And then, um, my youngest is two and, um, her name is Jocelyn and we call her Joss or Jossie. Oh, that's cute. I love that name. Yeah. How old were you when you found out you were pregnant with both of them? I think, okay. I think I was, um, I have 26 with, um, was I 25 or 26? I can't even remember. I think I was 26 with Brody and 27 with Jocelyn because they're only 17 months apart. Oh, okay. And um, surprise? I guess guess I can't do math. 25 with Brody and 27 with Jocelyn. Okay. Okay, cool. And were they surprises or were you planning to have them both? Yeah, so we were planning for both. I mean, you know, obviously we were not protecting, but um, (laughs) with my son, we waited a few months, you know, and, and we were really like ready to go. Right. So Mm -hmm. we kind of did a few of those, um, 
you know, the ovulation testing and, and trying to figure out when the best times were and all that. So, so that was more of like, you know, white knuckling it, like, okay, when are we going to be pregnant each month? And then my daughter, um, happened really fast. You know, my husband tells me that tells people that I duped him into it. Cause I'm like, Oh, you know, it'll take a couple months, you know, once we get off birth control. <laughs> and it was like, okay, one month and there's a positive test. Oh my and, um, gosh. Yeah, I ended up not testing for like 10 days after like a missed period because I was just like, oh, just there's no way, you know. Um, And then I woke up early in the morning at 6 a.m. And um, I was like, well, I have an old test. I'll just go take it so I don't have to like worry about it. So I went and took the test and it immediately popped up positive. (laughs) So I just (laughs) said in the little bathroom, I said, "Uh, Chris? And he said, what? And I'm like, you might want to come in here. And (laughs) Um, he came in and he's like, really? Again? All right. And <laughs> so then he, he walked out of the it. bathroom. Yes, with a puffed chest. He felt very proud of himself. Oh, that's, and then yep. <laughs> there was me walking around with the doe-eyed look all morning with a 10-month-old uh-huh. and then knowing I was pregnant again and wondering, hey, am I going to be able to do this? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I would be thinking the same thing. <laughs> right. So it right, took you right. a couple months to get pregnant with Brody, the first yes, one. Yes, yeah, about four months with Brody. Okay. And then Jocelyn was was one head out of the park. That's awesome. One month. Yep. <laughs> um, did you announce your pregnancy to the to the world, like on social media or anything? Yeah, we announced um I think both of them we announced them at about sixteen weeks, you know? Okay. And with my um little boy, I think that we did an ultrasound picture. Mm-hmm. And then with my daughter, we went and took pictures um with my little boy wearing a shirt that said only child expiring July two thousand thirteen. Oh cute. And that was our little announcement when we were ready to do it. So it was fun. And that's yeah. how we tell told our family too. Oh okay. he had a sweatshirt on and we said, Hey, take his sweatshirt off. And they took the sweatshirt off and read it and that's how they kind of found out that we had a little <laughs> Another little baby on the way. Oh, cute. Yeah. How would you describe your first trimesters in three words? Were they different? Were they the were they similar? They were exactly the same. My first trimester. Yeah. They were exactly the same. And in three words, um, I would say tired, happy, um, and large. Like <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I feel like I felt tired for that first trimester, but I didn't get sick and nauseated with my pregnancies. And I'll probably like lose a lot of followers and a lot of friends by saying that. Because <laughs> um, all of my sisters have had, you know, very nauseating first trimesters, you know, extending into the second trimester. So I went to the doctor eight weeks and I just said, you know, I'm feeling pretty good, but I'm just waiting for that sickness to hit me. He said, well, if it hasn't hit you by now, it's probably not going to. Uh-huh. And so... He was right. I really didn't get nauseous with either of my kids. So that was one lucky thing that, that I got out of, I guess, yeah. with pregnancy. Yeah, that's great. Were you showing really early? Is that why you said large was one of your words? <laughs> no, I just think everybody feels that way. You know, okay. like you just feel kind of bloated. Yeah. And you just feel kind of, yeah. I really think the second trimester is kind of when you pick up on energy and you're kind of get more of that glowing, you know, yeah, in my yeah. eyes anyway. Mm-hmm. Um so that's why I said that. And also just to try to be funny, just to throw another <laughs> word. Okay. Did you decide to find out the gender for both of them? Yeah. So with my, um, with our first, my husband was working out of town 
And so, of course, he wanted to, like, we wanted to find out at the same time. So I went to my practitioner, and he just wrote down um, the gender on a piece of paper. And I had to wait three whole days. Isn't oh that, like, the best gosh. wife? That's the best <laughs> wife award for not yes. peeking. And I will, like, swear on anything. I didn't peek. And my sisters and my mom were like, like, just peek. Like, he's not going to know. Like, it's fine. And I was like, <laughs> no. Like, we got to do this together. Uh-huh. Like, totally loyal. Um, and then I flew out to where he was working. He picked me up. And the whole time he was gone, it's a boy, it's a boy. You know, my family, the first point, the firstborn is always a boy. You know, so he had been so confident and cocky the whole time. <laughs> and then we get out there and we get to the hotel. And I'm like all like about to tear it open, the envelope. And he kind of gets cold feet. And he pulls back. He's like, really? Do, like, are you sure you want to just like oh, tear it open tonight? Like, what's the big hurry? Because I think he was like, oh, my gosh. Like, what if it's a girl? Not that he... Like, um, we have a daughter, we love her, but I'm just saying, like, he was so sure. Yeah. And yeah. then in that moment, he got cold feet, like, what if I'm wrong? And then yeah, I'll look bad. Uh-huh. <laughs> I was like, okay, no way we're waiting. We're doing it right this second and end up being a boy. And it was, that was a really fun moment to um, find out together. Cute. Yeah. Yeah. Did you find out with Jocelyn as well? Yeah. And we were together at uh, ultrasound and, you know, my pregnancy had been exactly the same as Brody. So I was dead set that it was going to be another boy. Okay. And so when they told me that it was a girl, I almost didn't believe, you know, really, <laughs> we saw sneak peek at 16 weeks and he said 80% that it's a girl, you know, uh-huh. I just go like, really? Like it's the exact same pregnancy. And so that just goes to show like, you know, exact same pregnancy doesn't tell you uh-huh. at all, yeah. you know, like if it's a boy or a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we go back at 20 weeks and it was a girl and we're just so happy that we have one of each. It fits our family perfectly right That's now. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. In your well, with your healthcare background, could you maybe shed some light on, on like give some tips on how people could find a healthcare provider for their pregnancy? Absolutely. Um, you know, I recommend a lot of times to women that ask me that question to, to seek out um, if a midwife would be a good option for them because a lot of women don't know, you know, that these are trained prof- professionals, advanced practitioners, been to four years of college and then, you know, three or four years of a midwifery school. Um, you know, they work in hospitals, they're credentialed. They're not just kind of like doing witchcraft and, and boiling water in their kitchen, which I think a lot of women kind of associate that with. So they kind of just throw it out the window and say, oh, you know, I want a physician for my, um, for my baby. When if you're a low risk pregnancy, it could be a because it's a lower cost. And a lot of times midwives um, have more time to spend on prenatal education, which is obviously that's why I started Lactation Link because I saw a huge need as a labor and delivery nurse for more prenatal education. So if you can get a practitioner that can spend more time one-on-one with you before baby comes, you're just going to be that more confident and prepared. Um, so that's one thing I always tell women, you know, to research and consider for themselves. Um, and then on top of that, I think that you need to, whoever you go to see, you need to know just kind of how their practice works. And I would also talk to them kind of about their views on breastfeeding and, and consider what, what you want your birth plan to be and make sure that they're on board with that and that they're going to let you help guide your care. Um, and give you options throughout, you know, mm-hmm. and I would also tell women, you know, if they start with one practitioner and they end up not fe- feeling comfortable, you're, you're not locked in. You're not, right. you're not chained up to that practitioner. You can transfer care at any point. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if you're having issues at 36 weeks, um, because a provider, you know, won't allow you to, you know, do a, a V back or won't, you know, do something that you're really wanting to try. 
um, then you need to get a second opinion and consider transferring care, you know, obviously with reasonable requests like that. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I like to tell women in my classes, you know, you can make reasonable requests and you're the client. You know, you're not mm-hmm. like a student in a class and right. they have full control over you. You yeah. know, so you just really have to be a consumer of healthcare, um, and you have to want to guide your care, mm-hmm. not just be somebody that walks in and le- and is acted upon right. in the hospital or the mm-hmm. burden center. Yeah, yeah. you have yeah. to be so active in your own in your own experience. Ab- absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Okay. What was your What was your experience like with maternity clothes? Maternity clothes. They're just the cutest things ever, right? Um, (laughs) I wore a lot of leggings. Um, No, like, I don't know. I'm not a super, like, fashionista. Um, I think motherhood maternity and um, Liz Lang maternity and a few pee in the pod, you know. I just kind of bought what I – to get me through. Um, But I think I was really excited about pregnancy. So, you know, even when I wasn't showing, I'm like, okay, let me go get some, like, maternity clothes. When I think other women are like, <laughs> okay, I'm going to see how far I can get uh-huh. into the without, you know, using maternity clothes. So, right. So, yeah, that's kind of my my thing with it, you okay. know. So, overall, just pretty pretty much you were fine. Yeah, I was it. fine until I started getting really swollen and I couldn't put shoes on, oh, you know. No. <laughs> I was yeah. trying to go to church and all I could put on were my um, Toms. You know, that's oh, not no. super, super dressy. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think everybody does the best they can to, to get through it. And some are more glamorous than others. And I don't think I really fell in the glamorous category, but I'm okay with that. Yeah. No, <laughs> I feel like I was the same way. Comfort was my priority. Yes, yes absolutely. <laughs> What were your eating habits like? Um, you know, I tried I, th- I tried to, you know, eat the best I could. I think that I did a little bit better job with my daughter just because I knew more and I knew, you know, cutting down on sugars and eating lots of fruits and vegetables, especially towards the end, um, was not going to do me any harm and was only going to work in my favor, you know, to, right. to keep away from, um, you know, just additional swelling and, and potential complications. So, so I think I did better with her, you know, and I think that I stayed even more active with her. Um, so that's kind of, that's kind of what I would say about that. Just, you know, trying to stay as hydrated as possible. And, and, you know, I do remember, you know, packing all my lunches when I was working at the hospital and just trying to do the very best I could. But, you know, sometimes you get cravings for, for cheesecake and things like that. And I think that that's okay too. Um, just having a little, you know, good balance and Mm -hmm. doing the best that you can is, is kind of what I tried to do. That's awesome. Did you crave anything while you were pregnant? Yes, of course. Pickles and ice cream. <laughs> <Really>? and <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think I have a picture um, when I was about 16 weeks pregnant with my son where I'm like eating pickles. And oh like my, my mom like came around, like my mom like came around. I was at my mom's house. Um, cause like I said, my husband was traveling quite a bit, um, mm-hmm. during my first and second trimester anyway. Um, and I was eating pickles and she has this little, very, um, cute picture that she could, you know, use as mouth <laughs> Yeah, where I'm stuffing my mouth with pickles. <laughs> That's awesome. Was it like the salt or something? Yeah. Or the crunch or just, you know, yeah. I mean, why do we crave anything when we're yeah, pregnant? I don't know. So, yeah. That's cool. Um, you mentioned earlier to me that you had some, some stuff to say about exercise. What was your experience like with exercise during your pregnancies? 
Yeah, I just think, you know, doing the best you can to stay active um, before pregnancy and then continuing that once you find out you're pregnant. Um, it's just going to help you overall, like, I think have a better experience with pregnancy and, you know, kind of get rid of some of those aches and pains that come along with getting bigger and getting further along. You know, if you have a strong back and you have strong legs and you, you know, have good cardio going into pregnancy and then continuing that as you see fit throughout is only going to help things, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think what I did is I, you know, I would modify obviously, but I continued my classes at the gym. I continued my weightlifting on my own and trying to walk as much as possible, you know? Um, and I think I did a really, you know, a better job with my daughter, my second, um, of just staying active. And, and it was a better pregnancy. I didn't gain as much weight. I didn't have as much swelling, um, things like that. So that's great. I mean, you're, you're not in 100% control of what happens to you. I mean, you could, you could eat, you know, an organic, vegan, perfect diet, and you could still develop, you know, some complications. But I think anything we can do in our control to cut down on those is, is a great thing to do. Yeah. And that is one thing you can control is how active you are, you know, as long as you're able. So what did a, like a regular day, um, as far as activity goes, look like for you? Like when you're pregnant with your daughter, like what kind of stuff, what did the day look like for you? Um, you know, just getting up and go to the gym for about an hour. And then if we could get in a little jog or a walk in the afternoon with friends, then that's what we would do, you know. And I also love to swim during pregnancy and, and even when I'm not pregnant. Mm-hmm. I just think it's a great cardio. And I also love how you – like, I mean, I think there are underwater earphones now. But you don't really typically put earphones in when you go into the pool. So you're just kind of in your own mind. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can just be really cleansing, kind of like almost a little meditation moment too. So you're getting two for the price of one. You're getting your cardio in and your meditation in. Yeah. Um, and nobody, you know, it's just you time. And also it's really good on your joints when you're pregnant, kind of just take away um, some of that gravity, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. while yeah. still getting your cardio in. So that was something that we probably did, you know, two or three times a week is swimming. That's awesome. In addition yeah. to the classes and the walks that you were doing yeah. already? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I did, you know, I wouldn't go to a class every day, but maybe I did, you know, three classes a week and three swimming sessions a week. And then we okay. just walk with friends whenever we could. Yeah. yeah. That's great. Um, what was your weight gain overall? Okay. So with my son, I gained 70. Wow. And I gained 20 in the last 10 days. Oh and that my was gosh. water. Yeah. That was water. And that was, you know, preeclampsia. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, you know, not that fun. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, I see pictures of myself in the hospital and I just have these huge, like, you know, swollen hands and just my face is kind of like unrecognizable. Like, I'd show some of my, you know, colleagues at the hospital. Yeah, this is me with my first pregnancy. And they're just like, oh, my gosh, like, we can't even recognize you, you know? Yeah. And most of that just happened at the end, kind of when I got those complications. Mm -hmm. And then with my daughter, I think I gained 45. So, I mean, a little bit on the upper end, but not bad. And I think I really, you know, lost my weight a little faster with my daughter um, than my son, just probably because I had less of it to to lose and less water that needed to come off, Uh you know? Yeah. Yeah. Did your body have any changes that happened that you liked or didn't like? Um, definitely some that I didn't like. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I can still remember like, like when I screamed, when I saw my first, um, stretch mark (laughs) on the back of my leg. Yeah. Um, 
it was in the summertime and I put a swimsuit on and I turned around the mirror and I'm like, what is that? I'm oh. like, do I have mark? Do I have marker on my leg or what? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, what is that? And getting closer and closer and then literally like yelling, like letting out a little scream <laughs> and like realizing that that was a stretch mark. Oh no. And I was only like 24 weeks pregnant. So more of them were going to come. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was okay because I was so excited when I was got pregnant and got that positive test. I yeah. still remember um, kind of just running around my house being so excited and saying, I don't even care if I get fat. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So then when I got upset about the stretch mark, I had to take myself back to that moment and say it's all worth it. Yeah. It's all for something. Um, you know, so and then I just feel like sometimes, you know, your, your weight, de- you know, like your fat deposits, like redistribute, you mm-hmm. know, like before I had kids, I don't really feel like I had like love handles. Um, <laughs> and then now I feel like even when I get down to a weight I want to be at, that's like my stubborn area that really? I just really, uh, yeah. And you never had a problem so, with that before. Oh no. Like, I mean, I, you know, I was an athlete and I was always active and, yeah. and, you know, I just never really had a problem with that. And then I just felt like after, you know, um, yeah, I just feel like after it's more of a struggle to, to just, you know, do your best to keep those in check, I guess. Yeah. yeah, That's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Did you, other than preeclampsia, which we'll get into in a second, did you have any scares that happened? Um, I didn't have any. Oh, well, um, we're getting a little TMI into my own like health like <laughs> file, um, but believe it or not, I have two two uteruses. Wow! Yeah, I've so never heard of that. It's called uterine didelphus, and you can actually get pregnant um, in both your uteruses at the same time and end up what they call like two singleton pregnancies, but you're pregnant at the same time, which is crazy. Um, but it is possible. And so, you know, they were just saying that when you have this, you know, uterine didelphus, you're at a higher risk for preterm delivery. Okay. Um, and at higher risk for C-section and things like that because of where the placenta tends to implant. Um, so anyway, we had to have frequent ultrasounds in between, you know, 20 and 28 weeks. And then at 28 weeks when I was still closed, then they stopped doing the frequent ultrasounds and just said, you know, let us know if you have any, you know, signs of preterm labor or any contractions. Um, and it ended up not affecting me for either one of my wow. pregnancies. It was really great. Um, and then, you know, with my daughter, I, I had a great pregnancy and then it was a terror at the end. And I don't know if you want me to go into that right now or get into that later. Um, let's save that for just a second. We'll, we'll cover your next two trimesters and then we'll get into labor and delivery. So, um, did you work while you were pregnant? Yes. Yeah, so with my son, I worked full time. So I was working three 12 hour shifts a week. Oh. And then if I was on call, um, which was once or twice a month and I got called in then that was extra. Um, so that kind of is, is, can be a little rough on you, you yeah. know, when you're standing cause labor, you're standing and mm-hmm. you're helping, you know, with the pushing and, and all that. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I, looking back now, um, I don't know if I would have worked as much towards the end on my feet like that. You know, I may have taken my maternity leave a little earlier, even if I had to, you know, um, come back to work a little sooner. Uh Um, just because it's the, just that nature of work is a lot on your body, you know, and especially as you get, you know, more and more pregnant. Um, but, you know, I really enjoyed getting the experience, so I wouldn't take that, you know, back. Right. Um, 
Yeah, and then with Jocelyn, I was working part-time. So I was working three twelves every two weeks. So some weeks I was working two twelves. Other weeks I was working one twelve. Okay. So, so yeah. when did you start Lactation Link then? I started Lactation Link in January of this year. Oh, okay. Yeah. So that's pretty new. Yeah. yeah. I didn't realize it was that new. All right. Yeah. So um, let's see. So how how soon before you had your babies did you stop working then? Um, so I got put on bed rest with Brody cause I had preeclampsia at about 36 weeks okay. and then I had, had him 10 days later. And then with Jocelyn, I was working five days before she delivered. Wow. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Okay. How were your second and third trimesters? Yeah. I mean, I think, so like I said before, I think the second trimester is kind of like your little honeymoon phase or it was for me, mm-hmm. you know, like maybe go on your baby moon during that second trimester and <laughs> you, you kind of get that little, you know, little burst of energy and you're feeling a little bit better, you know, than you were first trimester. Um, and then third, you know, just gets a little bit harder cause you're getting a little bit bigger, you know? Yeah. Um, and then with my first, you know, it got a lot harder because I was so swollen and, and you know, got put on bread breast for a little bit. Um, but then with my second, my third trimester was a little bit better because I didn't have any of those complications. But it just it's still hard, mm-hmm. you know, as you get bigger and closer and more miserable and just ready to be done. Right. Um, it's kind of a mental game, too, at that point, I think. So yeah, that's true. That is true. Yeah. The so only one thing that was super fun about, um, you know, my third trimester with – uh, with Jocelyn was I was pregnant with my sister at the same time. And then I was pregnant with two of my friends in my neighborhood. Oh, that's so it was cool. so fun. Yeah. When we'd, go out for, we'd go out for walks um, and we lived near kind of a golf course area. So some of those guys could see us walking in a line and with all of our <laughs> pregnant bellies and uh-huh. they would just like die laughing. Um, so that was something really fun just to kind of have that little circle. Yeah. Um, yeah. To keep you going, especially towards the end. Let's talk about Brody, your labor and delivery with Brody. You got, okay. you went in, um, tell me, tell me how the bed rest, how that happened. And yeah. Yeah. So, um, I was having high blood pressure, so they were monitoring more, me more frequently. And then they had me do a test called a 24 hour urine. And I ended up having protein, um, in my urine, which is, a, can be an indicator of preeclampsia. So they were watching me, you know, even more closely. And that's kind of when I got put on bed rest. I mean, it wasn't like stay in your bed and don't move all day, but you know, you shouldn't be out running around doing errands all day. It was more like just stay, stay at home, um, lay low, that kind of thing. And then, um, and this was at 36 weeks. Yeah. 36 weeks. And then at my 37 week appointment, I had gained 10 pounds in water. Oh my gosh. Um, from the previous week. And that was just when my doctor was like, okay, we are continuing to have high pressures. You've got tons of swelling, tons of water retention, and now you've got protein in your urine. We kind of need to get you induced. And so I was 37 weeks and five days when I was induced. Okay. How did that yeah. go? I was super nervous because I was one centimeter. Um, you know, so I, I was just, you know, I knew, you know, going into, okay, that's not a great place to be, you know, not super favorable cervix mm-hmm. for an induction. Um, but you know, we went in, I think at six or seven in the morning and, um, you know, got things going and my water was broken around noon or one and kind of stalled out around a six or seven for several hours. 
um, and then finally got to a 10 around 9.15, 9.20, waited for the doctor to get there, um, and then I pushed for about 30 minutes, and then he was born at 9.58 that night, so it was kind of, it was kind of long, you know, 14 hours from start to finish from when I got there at the hospital, so. Yeah, that's a long day. But not terrible, you know, for first time. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Did you get pain meds with him? Yeah. So I had an epidural with, with him and, um, you know, and that ended up being really good for me Mm -hmm. and, um, for the induction purposes as well. Yeah. Yeah. How, with your nursing background, do you know how often people don't get epidurals when they are induced or is it pretty much anytime someone's induced, they get an epidural? No, I think that um, I've heard from certain women that they feel like it's more difficult uh-huh. to have an unmedicated delivery um, when they're receiving Pitocin because they uh, describe the contractions as just faster, yes. like closer together, um, and and just they hit you all at once. Yeah, that's what I've far, heard too. As opposed to kind of a slow build, you know, mm-hmm. in intensity and in in frequency. Okay. So that's, I think that's kind of the difference there. Okay. Um, but I definitely, I mean, I've seen women um, be induced and have an unmedicated delivery. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of depends on the person, I think, and, and okay. what, what their plan is. Yeah. So it can be done. Yes. Definitely. <laughs> How big was Brody? Bro- okay. So I was 11 pounds, 12 ounces when I was born. My mom's like, you were two weeks overdue. I swear I had gestational diabetes, that blah, blah, crazy. blah. That's crazy. I can't right, believe so that's that. crazy. My husband was nine and a half pounds. So imagine my fright yes. when I'm like approaching delivery. Um, but you know, both of my kids were just average weight. My son was seven pounds, two ounces and my daughter was six pounds, eight ounces. Oh my God. So just kind of funny how that works. I was talking about that with a client today about how, you know, she was rather, she's rather petite. So I'm 5'11". She's rather petite and she had, you know, an eight pound, 10 ounce baby, wow. you know? So it's just kind of funny how, how our bodies, you know, create human beings, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, and then what's his full name? Um, Brody Christopher Shipley. So Chris is my husband's name. So that's how I got that. And then um, my daughter's is Jocelyn Kiva Shipley. My middle name's Kiva. So, oh. yeah. Where does that come from? Um, my parents had a family friend that her name was Kiva, and they just really loved it. And that's where it came from. Wow. How do you spell it? K-E-V-A. Oh, that's really pretty. I've never yeah. I've never even heard that before. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, so then, so now tell me about Jocelyn how you said that was right. a section, right? And quite yeah. different. Yeah. And I would never pictured that for myself as a lot of people who have unplanned um, urgency sections, you know, tend to feel mm-hmm. like I said, it was, it was, you know, a, a little bit better of a pregnancy with her because I didn't gain as much weight, didn't end up having the preeclampsia, things like that. Um, and my husband was out of town for something com- like unavoidable. Um, we knew there was a possibility that there could, you know, be something or that I could go into labor and he wasn't going to make it, but it was an important enough thing that we decided, okay, you're going to need to do it and then come back, you know, yeah, six days before I'm due. So that's what we had planned. Um, so a Monday morning, I was 39 weeks and one day pregnant and I was staying over at my sister's and I got up and we were just kind of, you know, doing normal morning things with the kids. And I kind of started to notice, Hey, I'm not feeling my baby move around. 
and I kind of noted it and, and thought about it a little bit and kind of went, went about for another hour or two and said, you know, I'm really not feeling anything. It's not like kick counts have gone down. It's, I haven't felt her. So I drank some juice and ate a cracker and went and laid down on my sister's bed on my side for about 10 minutes. Still didn't feel anything. So I'm feeling kind of, kind of, you know, I'm on alert a little bit, but I'm not, I'm trying not to be, you know, panicked. Um, panicked. Yeah, I'm trying not to be overly, you know, worried. So then I kind of, um, we go about for another hour, I have lunch. Um, and then at about one o'clock, one, two o'clock, I sat up and I looked over. My mom had come over by then and I said, I need to go to the hospital right now. And she said, oh, okay. And I said, I have to hear her heartbeat. You know, I said, it's, it's probably nothing. And, you know, um, I'm, I'll be back right back home, but I, I just really need her heart to hear her heartbeat just mm-hmm. to have peace of mind, you know, yeah. until Chris get back and all that. So we ended up going to the hospital. Um, and it was kind of like, I know this is going to sound funny to people that haven't worked in LA before, but it was a little like the walk of shame walking up to the desk and saying, hi, I'm here for, um, this decreased fetal movement. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a labor and delivery nurse. Um, uh-huh. But it's it's a real deal, you know. And I also think that mom's mama's intuition is more powerful than anything out there. I mean, that's why I tell my clients, you know best for your baby. You know, right, yeah. we're here to give you research and options, but you, you know, you, you know, know best. Baby. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so I went in, got checked in, and one of my friends, and actually somebody who had mentored me, because it was the hospital that I started at, um, when I started as a nurse, she came in and she took care of me and put me on the monitor and said, I'll be back in a few minutes. And we heard her heartbeat. So we did a gasp of relief, you know, yeah, <gasps> we hear her. Okay. And then I just kind of totally relaxed and started talking to my sister and my mom. Um, they were with you there. They were with me. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They came up with me <clears throat> and then my nurse came back in and I'm kind of talking to my mom and she had asked me cause there was a bunch of, you know, fetal strips on the monitor. There were about nine strips cause it was a big hospital and she was asking me about that. And I said, Oh, well, those, that's one for each patient mom. And you know, some people are in labor and some people are here for evaluations and like me, I'll be going home. Mm-hmm. And my, um, my friend that was my nurse, she said, I don't know if you're going home lens. Have you, have you looked at your strip? You know, like, have you evaluated it through a nurse's eyes and not just, you know, and I said, no. And I looked at it and it was really high. So heart rate's supposed to be 110 to 160 for fetuses. And um, it was 180. Oh. And it was, and there was what we call minimal variability. So it wasn't really going up and down. It was, it was just staying just, really high. It was staying high and it was just, you know, not fluctuating at uh-huh. all. And it wasn't a short, you know, it had been at least 10 minutes, wow. you know, because sometimes we'll see kind of a funky heart rate for a minute or two and then it will go back to what we want to see. Yeah. It had stayed consistently, you know, high. So I said, oh, okay, well, let's turn, you know, position. We turned position and she started giving me some fluids, you know, to hydrate me. And she said, well, your doctor's, you know, um, out of town, but I've got the on-call doctor that she's going to be coming in to talk to you and, and to evaluate. So about another 10, 20 minutes passed, and then she came in, and she said, um, Lynn's, it's not looking good. You know, and I had worked with her, too, so I knew her and felt comfortable with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, I know, you know. And she said, you know, we can do another couple tests, but, but I don't think, you know, it's going to change my mind. We need to get her out. 
And the, the great thing about that was I knew that that was the right choice, not just trusting somebody, but from my own knowledge of reading fetal heart rate, you know, strips, Yeah, I, I knew that something was stressing her out and I was worried about her at that point, you mm-hmm. know? So I said, I said, all right, well, if it was you, would you, would you do the C-section? She said, absolutely. So I said, okay, let's do it. You know, and in that moment I was, I was sad that my, I knew my husband wasn't going to make it. Yeah. Um, so that was hard. And then I knew it was a C-section, which, you know, that's not the end of the world, but I never thought I would have a C-section, right, you know? Right. And, but first and foremost, in my mind, I was worried about my little girl that mm-hmm. I'd been cooking for, you know, 40 weeks and just had already bonded with, you know? Yeah. So they got me ready. You know, I arrived at the hospital at 430 when I walked in and she was born at 532. And my husband was able to be there via FaceTime and technology. Oh, good. So that was great. You know, um, yeah. anesthesiologist allowed two people back in the OR, which usually they only allow one. So my mom sat there with the FaceTime and my, my sister was back there kind of making sure baby was okay and, and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that was really hard. And that was really hard for my husband. Um, to, to miss that. Um, but he switched his flights around and he was texting me, emailing me at three in the morning, you know, cause he couldn't sleep and was so ready to, be, you know, get yeah. back. He got back. At, um, so he switched his flight and he got back at about 10 AM that next morning and, oh, and, and walked in and gave me a big hug and then went over and, and met his little girl, oh, you know? Sweet. So, yeah. Yeah. But then, you know, the, the physician ended up coming in the next day and just told me, I'm really glad you came in, Lindsay, because these are the babies that turn into stillbirths. Oh, my gosh. Really? Uh, yeah. So she just said, you know, for some reason, she was really stressed out. She said "I you, she had some of the thickest meconium I've seen at 39 weeks. Because <gasps> wow. meconium is that first poopy that happens inside. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes when, there's, when the infant's stressed out. And usually it happens when women are, you know, past their due date more frequently. Oh, okay. You know? So, um. So, yeah, and the other great thing about the practitioner that delivered me, um, she, when we were back in the OR, she sat there and held the fetal monitor on my belly the entire time they were prepping me. Really? Which usually a tech does that. Um, I hadn't seen a physician do that very often. But so in that moment, I could just see not just her care as a doctor, but just as a person and has another mom worried about my my baby and the outcome. Um, so that kind of showed her character, Dr. Jennifer Kinghorn, if anyone's local and knows her, I just think that she's amazing. So that's great. Yeah. I, it sounds like you did an amazing job at staying calm through all of that too, but like at the same Um, time paying attention and and everything, I think, I think I would have panicked. (laughs) I mean, I think that, you know, I had a great support group around me. I had two of my sisters, um, there, and my mom that really helped me stay focused and just said, and just looked at me in the eyes and say, Hey, you know, we got to do this and we got to get her here and we got to make sure that she's safe and Chris will get here and he'll, you know, be with her forever, you know, after that, but yeah. we got to make sure that she's safe. And, and so that was my saving grace, you know, was yeah. to have yeah. my support system there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So were you, it sounds like you may have been a little more stressed than you, than you <laughs> let on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't remember like being hysterical, but it was almost like a glaze, I uh-huh. think came over, came over where I was starting to just kind of, you know, not be as focused and kind of, lo- you know, lose it a little bit. And mm-hmm. so they really helped me refocus and just take it minute by minute in yeah. that time, which was kind of a, 
urgent panic type thing, you know? Yeah. That's yeah. good. That's awesome that you had them there to help you. Yeah. I mean, support is huge. I talk about it all the time in my classes and it's not fluff. Mm-hmm. It's re it's, there's research behind when women don't have support. So with, with what I do, we talk a lot about breastfeeding, you know, when women don't have support in breastfeeding, a lot of times they wean in that first week postpartum. So, I mean, I think with a lot of different things in life, you got to make sure you have that inner circle mm-hmm. that's going to support you with your wishes, even if they're different from what those people's opinions and thoughts are. Yeah, that's a you good know, point. You gotta, yeah. you gotta have a group that's gonna support you with your choices as a mom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's great advice. What day were each of them born? Like day of the week? No. When were their oh, birthdays? Sorry. No. You're okay. Good. Um. So Brody was December thirteenth. So I was due on December 29th and it was my first and so many people said, oh, that sucks. You're going to have a Christmas baby. That is just terrible. And I just said, oh, you just keep that to yourself. I'm so excited having a baby and Uh I don't care what it's on. And it's so funny because when his birthday comes around, I'm like, I'll have Christmas decorations up and I seriously will spend as much time as I need to take him down and put his birthday stuff up because I don't want him to be like, I don't want him to ever hate his birthday. I don't want him to ever think, oh, my birthday is just Christmas. Like, oh, this sucks yeah. because it's such a special time, like in my mind, you know, of, mm-hmm. of you know, welcoming your first baby into the world. So, and like I always write in his journal, I hope you never like think poorly on your birthday because it was the happiest time for me and your dad. So, mm-hmm. so I hope you always, you know, enjoy it. So that's kind of the funny thing about his birthday being in December. Um, awesome. And then Jocelyn's was July 1st. So we ended up, since I had a C-section, we came home three days later which was July 4th. We brought her home in a little red and white stars outfit. And uh, we have some pictures of her on the bed with fireworks in the background. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So awesome. Did you breastfeed both of them? I did breastfeed both of them. Hopefully. Right. Yeah. um, I I had to ask. (laughs) Yeah. Well, um, you know, the reason why, cause some people be like, Oh, why do you, why do you want to be a lactation specialist? I mean, you're just dealing with boobs all day. Mm-hmm. You know, like I've definitely heard people say that or people say, well, how'd you get into that? You know? Yeah. Um, and how I got into it was, you know, when I was trained to become a labor and delivery nurse, I said to the nurses, you know, when do I take a class? Cause I had never had a kid. I said, when do I take a class to help women, um, learn how to breastfeed? And there was no class. You know, so basically I was going off of, I don't know, whatever I had been taught in nursing school in a 30 minute lecture about breastfeeding Mm -hmm. or whatever I had seen somebody else teach. And I made a connection in my mind um, because at the University of Utah, you know, they just really hone research, research, research and said, you know, we really need to be going off of research when we're teaching women how to breastfeed because that's best practice and that's going to impact more women positively, you know, if we're going off that. So I kind of, um, kind of made a mental note and I always knew that I really enjoyed that time helping mothers latch their babies, but I had a lot of other responsibilities too, as a labor nurse, you know? Um, so it was tough to devote that whole, you know, half hour, hour that was needed because you had all these other things you had to do. Mm -hmm. Um, then I had my first and my, one of my sisters was just a real huge mentor for me. You know, she breastfed her children and, and she, um, educated me on it prenatally and provided a lot of support. And that really helped me have an excellent, you know, experience breastfeeding my first. And then, um, when my second came along, I, you know, enjoyed that again. 
And really, when she was just a few weeks old, I, I really just said, okay, I really just want to start on this road to getting my IVCLC certification and started looking into what I needed to do. And I never thought I would do anything with it until my kids were in first grade, like mm-hmm. in all day school. I just told my husband, I have the hours right now because of my job as a nurse and I'll never have those hours again. You know, because you have to obtain the hours five years previous to when you take the test. So I said, I'll get the certification now. And then when the kids are in school, I'll be able to go and work at the hospital for a morning shift. And then I'll be there for them when they get home. You know, but if I don't get the certification now, I'll never be able to get it. Right. So he kind of thought it was ridiculous a little bit because we had to spend money, you know, for me to go to this seminar in San Diego, which was, you know, some money. Mm -hmm. And then we had to spend some money to take the exam. So he's just going, is this just occupying your time or, or are we going to get anything out of this? Yeah. You know? Um, so that was kind of the initial plan with it, but, um, it's kind of, it's kind of gotten into a little, it's kind of developed into a little more something than that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Has it developed into like more than you envisioned? I mean, with your own business and everything? Yeah. I mean, I think it definitely, it definitely, um, has been different than what I thought I would do with it. You know, this last year in November, I went and interviewed at some local hospitals for um, a lactation consultant inpatient position. So basically you're coming around doing rounds on women who have just had their babies in the last day or two. And that would have been a great opportunity too for me. Um, But I just, when I got done with those interviews, I thought, you know, um, that's not what I want to do. I said, what I want to do is I want to educate prenatally and kind of selfishly. Um, I want to educate prenatally. I want to be there for them right after they have their baby. And then I want to be a source of support anytime during lactation that a bump comes up. And why I say it was selfish is because I want to know what happened to that girl. Mm -hmm. You know, if she comes to my class, I want to hear from her. Was she able to, um, you know, were she able to meet her goals? Did it end up being a good experience for her? Um, can I help her later? Like those types of things. And I wanted women to know, okay, this is who I got education from and this is who I can go to if I have questions or concerns or issues that arise. And I've never met anybody that's breastfed that hasn't had issues arise during lactation. Right. Yeah. So I think that at that point, that's when I was like, I guess I'll start on my own private practice. I guess mm-hmm. I'm that crazy, you know? <laughs> um, and that's when it, like I kind of got started in January and we did a few classes, but I really didn't start doing much with it until March, you know, and just really kind of saw a vision that we could reach a lot of women, you know, by doing the online breastfeeding classes and, and including a lot of research-based information that can, because I was, I was getting requests from women in Singapore and Australia and Poland that wanted to take my classes, but they were outside my time zone, you know, yeah. of when I was doing these Google Hangout seminars. So I, I just thought to myself, wow, we've got to get this, you know, on demand. So wherever women are, they can access this, this information and give themselves a better chance and a head start prenatally. Yeah. So that's, that's what we did, you know, and launched that, launched that in August. Yeah. So you have a couple of different classes though. Is there one specific to prenatal education or tell me, tell us what your classes are real quick. Absolutely. So I have a breastfeeding basics class and that's just all the basics to get you started. So, you know, it covers, you know, benefits of breastfeeding. It covers, um, you know, skin to skin contact and the benefits, kangaroo mother care, same thing. Um, it covers latch in detail, which is one of the, you know, biggest reasons why women call me to their home. Okay. Because they have problems with latch or they've got nipple pain. So we go over that in, you know, audio, 
we all go over that in a picture step-by-step series. And then we also have a video that shows, okay, a latch start to finish. And those have been the most valuable things in the classes that women have said. The visual aspects of the pictures and the video were so beneficial for me and my mm-hmm. success, you know? So that's breastfeeding basics. And then we also go over what to do if baby's not latching right away, which is really huge because I've had clients that have prepared, done everything they could, and for some reason their baby wasn't latching initially. So if they didn't have the information on what to do when baby's not latching, it's really easy to panic, throw in the towel, or just start doing formula, Yeah, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I wouldn't blame you if you don't have the right information. What else are you going to do? You got to feed your baby, yeah. right? So that's why it's really important to have that prenatally too, because you don't know what's going to happen right away. Is your baby going to latch perfectly, or is it going to take twenty four hours for them to to get that? Mm-hmm. You know, some in some cases when babies are born preterm, it could take months for them to get that latch on. Right. You know, I've also found when people take it prenatally, they're just so much more relaxed, even when things aren't going perfectly at the beginning. They've just had that reinforcement. They know what to expect and they have the tools of how to get past those bumps. And so they're just so much more confident and relaxed as opposed to panicked, mm-hmm. you know? That makes so sense. So that's, yeah. yeah, that's breastfeeding basics. And it also kind of goes over how to create a support system, how to let your spouse know how they can be helpful um, and, and what to expect in those first six weeks. And then um, intermediate breastfeeding is a great follow-up to that. And, you know, so the classes, you know, so breastfeeding basics is 68 minutes. Um, and you go, hey, 68 minutes, like that should be everything you need to know. Well, even in that 68 minutes, we haven't had time to get into common things like mastitis, mm-hmm. skin breakdown, thrush, jaundice, introducing solids, nipple shields, um, tongue ties, all those things that need to be addressed because they're pretty common issues and, and they could easily come up sometime during breastfeeding. So that's intermediate breastfeeding. Um, so it's a great follow-up to basics. And then I also have pumping and storing breastfeeding. That's 45 minutes. So it's great for anybody that wants to learn to express and save their milk, whether they're returning to work, um, they're at risk for preterm delivery, um, they are just preparing for an unexpected illness for either mom or baby. Um, or they just want to build a little stash for one reason or another. They want to be able to go on a date night. They want to be able to go to the gym. They want to be able to go on a, you know, lunch date with their friends. Some, some women want that. So they just want to build a little stash. That class is great for all those different reasons, you know, and it kind of just is a start to finish, um, of how to learn to express, um, how to set up, you know, pumping time with your employer. If that's, if that's something that you're going to be doing, um, how to store it properly, how to thought properly, how to introduce a bottle to a baby. Um, and then also a really great component is how to manage something I call role overload, something that's called role overload. Cause as women, we have a million hats to wear, right? We're a mom, we're a wife. Um, we, Maybe we have a career, we have roles in the community, we have, you know, extended family roles, we're, we're sisters and daughters and all those types of things. And we're supposed to do everything perfectly. And we're supposed to make, you know, meals from scratch every night. <laughs> yeah. And we're supposed to see all these things. And we're, oh, and on top of it, we're supposed to be a size zero, right, yeah. Kayla? Yeah. Um, yeah. Or, you know, they're just like things we put on, on our plate. And so, you know, there's ways to manage that role overload and to really just ease back into, um, to regular life when you're having a newborn, which I think is a really important thing to consider, okay. you know, um, yeah. cause it's a lot. 
So that's, those are kind of the three classes that I offer. Well, do you have any good advice that you would love to give to someone who's pregnant or hoping to be pregnant? Yeah. Um, I would say, you know, in my classes, I talk about the best acronym, you know, and I say, when I'm talking about breastfeeding, especially I say, you know, I believe that breast B is for breast milk. And I, I believe that that's your baby's perfect first food and gets them ready for the processing of future foods. And it also has a lot of disease-fighting properties to just really buoy up their immune system and get them ready for whatever comes their way. I always tell them that E is for education. So take as many classes as you can, read books, and really educate yourself and prepare yourself for motherhood. You know, it's not just like riding a bike and it's a drive through at the hospital and, you know, it's it's not that way. You need to prepare, you yeah. know, and, and you're going to feel so much more confident and ready um, and relaxed if you take that time to do that prenatally um, and then set some goals for yourself, you know, um, whether it's, you know, I'm going to stay active and I'm going to, you know, make sure I exercise three times a week throughout my pregnancy or I'm going to, you know, um, you know, make lunches for myself, or I'm only going to eat out, you know, once a week, or I'm going, you know, I want to set a goal for breastfeed. I want to exclusively breastfeed my baby for six months. Mm -hmm. That's my goal. I want to reach it. Make some goals so that you kind of have something to go off of, you know, and then S is for support. I tell my clients it's you plus two. Okay. You have to be on, on your own side and you have to be convinced and motivated. You know, if it's, if you're in this class or you want to breastfeed because somebody else told you to do it, it's much more, it's much easier to, um, not continue, you know, but if we're motivated and it's our idea, then a lot of times, you know, you're not going to be able to stop that person because, you know, it's in their mind and it's Mm -hmm. something they want. Okay. And then plus two is two people to support you. And in my classes, I tell people to write those two names down. And I always offer to be one of those two people because I offer personal consultations before and after delivery. And I also have e-consults for people through secure video chat. So even somebody that, you know, lives in Florida and I'm based in Utah, you know, I help them when they have questions and problems arise. Okay. Okay. So it's you plus two. And then T is for trust yourself. Kind of comes back to a couple things that we've said, you know, throughout this is that I believe that mom knows best. Okay, I don't know what's best for your baby. You know what's best for your baby. Mm-hmm. So what what I like to provide you with is all the research and options. And then you try a few of those options out and you see what, what works best in your lifestyle and your situation. So that's, I guess, what I would say is, is that's the best advice, B-E-S-T. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Um, what are you most excited about next in your life personally and professionally? Yeah, I have um, a couple really fun companies that have asked me um, to work with them. So I, I'm really looking forward to that. Um, so I think that people should, you know, get on Instagram and follow me because those should be coming up in the next couple months. Uh-huh. Um, and I also have some other classes that are going to be coming out um, in 2016 cool. that I think are going to be applicable to not only breastfeeding moms, but to all moms that are preparing to be mothers, whether for the first time or the, you know, the fifth time. Mm -hmm. So I'm just constantly working on, on creating my content and trying to, um, really teach mothers, um, through picture and video and research, because that's what I found the feedback that I've received. That's what helps women the most. And I invite anybody that's listening, shoot me an email and tell me, Hey, this would have been so awesome to have more information on X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. You know, when people do that, I love that. And that kind of gives me a starting point on the next thing um, that I'm going to do. So 
So those are kind of the things that I'm, that I'm excited about going forward. Um, and my passion and my goal with starting Lactation Link is just reaching as many women as possible with this prenatal um, education, breastfeeding and otherwise. You know, I, went, I mentioned earlier to you, Kayla, we went to the um, International Lactation Consultant Association Conference in July in Washington, D.C., and I got to meet a lot of experts um, who have just so much experience. And when they were doing the keynote presentations, they said, you know, we've got to figure out ways to get this research-based information to women everywhere. Mm-hmm. So I, I really took that to heart. And that's what I try to do with Lactation Link through my Instagram, my blog, and through my my video classes. I think you've done yeah. an awesome job so far, and I'm so impressed with how much you've you know gotten Lactation Link to grow just just this year. Thank you, thank you so much. Awesome. Yeah. So, are there more babies in the future for you guys? Oh my heavens! I just uh, my daughter. So my son's <laughs> almost four. Okay, so he's kind of at that stage where he knows everything, and you say one thing, he says the other. Like <laughs> it's just he's adorable, you know, but mm-hmm. he's a little bit harder, you know. To okay, how are we going to rein this kid in? But my daughter just turned two, and she's just like melts in your hands. Like Aww. she's just the sweetest thing, and she just started talking and. Um, I love you, mommy and mommy. You're the best mommy ever. Yeah. She just does all these cute things. That makes it all worth it. Right. Oh my gosh. So I called my husband today and I just said, isn't she like, she was talking to him on the phone and just being really sweet. And I got on there and I said, isn't she just the sweetest thing? Mm -hmm. And he said, yes. And I said, okay, now I want three more (laughs) because I just want three more of her, her exact age. Yes. Um, so we'll see, you know, I'd love to have more kids and we'll just see, um, what's in the cards for our family because, you know, I found out in my own personal life when you make plans, um, sometimes a higher power has other things in mind. Mm -hmm. So it's best just to see how things go. Take it one day at a time. Yeah. I love kids and I love getting my newborn fix from my clients because even though my daughter's two, you know, I just love babies. Yeah. Um, and we just are having so much fun with our three-year-old and our two-year-old right now. And we'll just see what the future holds for us. You know, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we were going to have you share some of your top breastfeeding tips, although, I mean, you shared a ton with us already, but we wanted to, we wanted to mention that you've got your, your PDF that's available for free, right? You want to tell a little bit about that before we finish up? Yeah, absolutely. Head over to my Instagram page at lactation link and in my bio, I've got a free, the cutest PDF that just says my top 10 breastfeeding tips for success. And that's totally free download. Um, so just go and grab that. And that can be kind of a starting point for you on your journey for sure. So awesome. go and check that out first and foremost. Yeah, that will be perfect and yeah. helpful for so many people, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. Well, before we say goodbye, tell my audience how to find you. Right. Okay. So like I said, we kind of have a mom support forum on Instagram and it's at lactation link. And that is the best way to get frequent updates and to get great tips every day. And then second of all, I have my blog that it's so fun. I have, you know, guest contributors from, uh, from time to time. Um, and we have, we have giveaways every week with, with brands that I love. Also, you know, YouTube is something that we're starting to hone in on because like I mentioned, the video can be just so instructional. So you can just find my channel by searching Lactation Link on YouTube. I just love to hear from um, moms and I, I love this whole like forum that we've created. It's just really fun. And every, I've never once seen a mom um, discourage another mom. 
not once, which I think is kind of rare. Yeah. You know, sometimes in, in on, you know, online forums, we can kind of go back and forth. Never seen one mom um, say, oh, well, you made that choice or wow, you should have done this. Mm-hmm. Everybody on the page is just really uplifting and encouraging, um, which makes it really positive and fun to be a part of. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, It's one yeah. of the most educational Instagram accounts that I've ever followed. That's for sure. Oh, I, it's you're so always, sweet. Yeah, it's always just really good information. Um, and I, I love to read your questions and answers and all that information that you provide. It's awesome. Thanks. And I don't know if I mentioned the, the email. It's lindsay at lactationlink.com. And lindsay is L-I-N-D-S-E-Y at lactationlink.com. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here tonight and sharing your story with us. I loved hearing all that stuff. You had so many tips and great information. So that was just awesome. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm just flattered that I was able to be on it. And (laughs) I, you know, really enjoyed seeing some of the other ones you had on there. I have a relationship with Jamie Yetter and um, also Jenny Wecker. And and you've just had some great people. So when you contacted me, I was completely flattered to be a part of it. So thank you you for having me. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Um, So ladies, pictures of Lindsay and her cute family, as well as links to anything that we discussed today. They're all going to be over on the show notes page, which is pregnancyperfect.com slash Lindsay Shipley. And you spell that L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-S-H-I-P-L-E-Y. Well, Lindsay, thank you again. This was just great. I loved talking with you tonight. Thank you. It was fun. loved this interview with Lindsay. We would love to hear from you. So talk to us on Instagram or send us an email if you have comments or questions. Um, We love hearing from you and getting feedback. When you visit Lindsay's show notes page, not only will you get links to the things that we discussed in today's conversation, as well as her social media links and photos of her and her family, but you'll also get the exclusive fun facts about her, such as her favorite person to follow on Instagram, her guilty pleasures, and more that's only available there on PregnancyPerfect.com slash Lindsay Shipley. If you enjoyed today's episode, please tell a friend and consider subscribing on iTunes or Stitcher. Looking forward to the next bump day where you'll hear another awesome pregnancy story. Until then, thanks for spending this last hour with me and take care. This has been a Pregnancy Perfect production. Information and materials contained in this episode are presented for entertainment purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of Pregnancy Perfect and should not be considered facts. For such information in which areas are related to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating healthcare problems or diseases or prescribing any medications. If you have any questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified healthcare provider.